Good morning. Welcome to Camry Community Church. My name is David Hurtado, lead pastor here. If you are our guest today, a hearty welcome to you. I'll be out in the patio afterwards. Love to meet you and kind of hang out with you. We hope this place becomes like home for you. And uh, we had a we had a fun journey today. We're in the uh, in, the, in the book of Malachi, going through this series that we're going to talk about in a second here. But the year was 1976, and the movie was Rocky. Um, those of you youngers who haven't seen this thing, I have to admit, I wasn't even born yet, but one of the greatest movies of, of all time was 1976, Rocky. Uh, Down and Out, in Mafia Enforcer is given the uh, opportunity of a lifetime to face the champion, Apollo Creed, for the Boxing World Champion, Heavyweight Championship of the World. And so uh, he, uh, while not being the number one contender, gets this opportunity. And really, it's Apollo just looking for some easy press and uh, uh, trying to, you know, this is a nothing fight. This is a fake fight. It's not a real fight. Uh, Rocky's not supposed to do anything, but Rocky doesn't get the memo and trades like a madman. Uh, and so the movie's all about his training and process and leading up to this fight. He wasn't supposed to get past the first, second, or third round. Once he gets past those rounds, it's like a shock. Oh, my gosh, this guy off the streets is uh, standing toe-to-toe uh, with the champ. Uh, he is getting pummeled the whole time. The whole movie, is, his face just keeps on growing throughout the movie. Sixth, seventh, eighth round, tenth round, eleventh round. Then comes to like the climax of the movie, if you ask me. It's the end of the 14th round. How in the world Rocky has stayed with the champion for 14 rounds, nobody understands. But they can see it on his face because his face is completely swollen. He's in the corner, and his corner uh, uh, coach, Mick, says, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's a term you use when you're, you're going to quit. You throw the towel in for the corner, and you say, we're done. We can do no more. He says, Rocky, I've got to throw in the towel. Your eye is swollen so much that you cannot open the, your eye. I cannot allow you to go through this. I can't allow you to go through this like this. I've got to throw in the towel. Rocky looks at that notion and thinks, that's ridiculous. Uh, there's no way you're throwing in the towel. In fact, Mick, go ahead and cut me. And that famous line, cut me, Mick, cut me. And what he's saying is, cut my eyelid so all the fluids are drained out and I can open my eye again and I can go back into the match. It's exactly what happens. They cut it, he goes back in the match, of course, and he continues to fight. And faced with the options of giving up or cutting, or cutting an eyelid and dealing with the scar for the rest of your life, he says, cut me, I got to go in there. I've got to give this my best. I've got to give this my best. Anything shy of my best is not an option. The year is 1985, and the team in professional sports is the darling of all teams. The, it's not a Cinderella story. This was the team of the 80s. It was a dynasty team, the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> uh, they had several Hall of Famers on the defensive side of, of the ball, only to be competing against several Hall of Famers on the offensive side of the ball. It was just unbelievable 10-year run where these guys are just unbelievable guys. There's one particular guy on the defensive side of the ball who only knew like one throttle. It was like there's only one speed for this guy. It was overdrive. Uh, every play got his best, every play running his hardest, every play he'd, he'd known as one of the biggest hitters in the league at the time. One of these plays, he runs up in 1985, hits the Detroit Lion running back, and gets his finger lodged in the guy's face mask. 
Because you can well imagine when you hit somebody and they tumble over and your finger is stuck in the face mask and that person falls over, your finger might go with the momentum of the play, so to speak. Right after the play, you see Ronnie Lott grab his finger and you hear uh, Joe, uh, John Madden say, oh, that's one of those where the, uh, there's bloody and the, the finger and the, and the bone is exposed. He goes to the sideline, he goes to his trainer, as we know now, uh, several years later, and they say, it's okay, Ronnie, we can, we'll take care of this, we can bone graft a, uh, a bone from your wrist, we'll, we'll, we'll put it back, uh, you know, we'll support the pinky that way, and then we'll put a pin in there, cast you up, eight weeks, you'll be fine, you won't lose your pinky. And Ronnie Lott says, eight weeks? You want me to leave this game eight weeks? Leave my teammates on the field eight weeks time? You want me to leave so I can have a pinky? And he turns to the trainers and says, cut it off. To this day, Ronnie Lott walks around with a stub for a pinky because he would not leave the game. Now, I'm not saying that you should do that. <laughs> it's certainly crazy, but it is inspiring to hear about a man who says, I've got to give this my best. I've got to give this my best. I've got to give my teammates my best. I've got to give this my best. Nothing shy of my best will suffice. Every man hears those stories and those illustrations and thinks, oh my gosh, I, it's like ingrained in us the way God made us. We understand heroism when we see it. We understand that, that when you choose, those make, you make those decisions in the face of adversity, whether one's a movie or one happened in real life. We know heroism when we see it. And saying my finger is up for grabs fits the bill. Got to give it my best. And you guessed it. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at this idea today and really throughout this series, namely, how can I give God my best? Am I giving God my best? Do you have my best? Or do you have sloppy seconds? Am I really giving you my best? Are you at the forefront of my life or are you relegated to a passing interest? Does he have my best? Am I giving him my best? Am I a fully devoted follower of Christ or am I merely a fan? In fact, let's put the image on the screen for the series so you can see it. More than a fan. More than a fan. Completely, complete, completely committed follower. And that's really what we're looking at in the book of Malachi. Am I more than a fan? Am I a completely committed follower? You, this would be distinguished from the idea of a bandwagon fan. You know what those are? I know what those are because um, there was a particular baseball team in the last 10 years who won three champions out of, championships out of five, in five years. And um, they're called the San Francisco Giants. And many people jumped on as a bandwagon fan on that, you know. And, and um, you know, right now the Dodgers are doing really well, and we're hoping they'll do so that there's actually something to jump on to, you know. No, I, hey, hey, listen, listen. No, 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 listen. I, I, I'll tell you like I tell everybody. Um, buy me a jersey. I'll wear it. I, I'm trying to become a Dodgers fan. But the, the point is you understand the difference between a bandwagon fan and, and a true fan. The end of this month, we're doing a, a tailgate party. You'll hear about it today. And everybody's supposed to wear a jersey. Wear a football jersey. Wear your baseball jersey, football jersey. Wear I'm going to be preaching in a San Francisco 49ers football jersey. Uh, I am, I am. It's going to be on me. I, I, I'm going to be wearing it. And I have no player to represent. And this is how sad it's become for us. I don't know if any of our players will be there next year. Like, they're all expendable. Will they retire? Are they, are they done? Will they even be in the league anymore? And 